Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Talking about who the Holy Spirit is and how we've misinterpreted or misunderstood Him, the person. So if you came looking today, you're going to find... And I'm believing that you're here intentionally, that you're here on purpose. And so i uh, let you know that this message um, has been a work in progress. I've spent the last two weeks on this. I had 18 pages at one point and had to scale that down to five. And so we have three parts that are going to be coming after this that I'm, that I'm sure of right now. The other thing I want to let you know is it's really difficult to do church online when you're actually in an, uh, you know, an on, unproduced setting where um, it's hard to be in this moment. And so I can only imagine what it's like on the other side of the screen when you're uh, not in a congregation full of people with like-minded believers who are just here to worship and to, and to pray and to think and, and to reflect and to be about what today represents, what this moment, what this hour represents. And so thanks for engaging this morning. Thanks for getting up on the edge of your seat and not getting lazy and, and, and drifting off into Sleepsville. I know it's Sunday morning. Like Heather encouraged you when we started, I would love for you to grab your Bible or your notebook and uh, engage with me today. Before we do that, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, this is your word. This is the truth. We know that it's universal, that it's unchanged, that it applies to every single human being. It applies to human life. And Lord, so I, I thank you for that. Thanks for opening us up today, Lord, for opening our ears and our eyes, Lord, but more importantly, open our hands and our hearts, Father God, so we can receive, so we can receive and understand. I love you, and I thank you for an awesome day today. Thanks for working through me, using me, allowing me to speak. Thanks for blessing people today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so the goal when we gather in church is not to see how many can gather. That's what makes you uh, online unique. We can say, wow, we had this many different households kind of, you know, representing this weekend, which is amazing. But the goal of it is not to say, look at that number. It's not about that number. It's about how many people that we get to know God better through Jesus Christ by the power of His Spirit. It's His Spirit working in us. It's His Spirit working in the church. And so today as we talk about the Holy Spirit, most messages about the Holy Spirit start in Acts. And what you see in Acts 1, Acts gives us a unique look at the coming of the Holy Spirit, the birth and the spread of the church. And so as I said, God's Spirit in the church is really what makes it go. The church is of God, period. And so Jesus started it, you know, he gets upon this rock, I'll build my church, transitions to Peter, right? He ascends to heaven. His spirit, we, what we see in Acts, is what began the church, and it continues through us. That same spirit continues through us. And you would say, well, what spirit? Like, Holy Spirit, mm, I grew up in the 80s, 90s, <laughs> early 2000s, it doesn't matter. Or you had a group in the 50s, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And so I want to kind of address some of the things that we've called God's spirit. I tend to refer to him as God's spirit. Um, I just think that's 2021. I think that speaks more or better to people. But here's what the, here's what the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, has been known as. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Truth, Counselor, the Author of Scripture, the Power of God, the Holy Ghost. That freaks people out sometimes, okay? The Holy Ghost. It is what it is, okay? And depending on when you grew up, that means something to you. Comforter, teacher, witness, advocate, guide, revealer of truth, spirit, of sonship. So regardless of when you grew up or what you've heard, 
if you hear any of these, this is, this is referring to the Holy Spirit. And so then, my challenge to you today is going to be, hey, let's take what you know inside of your head and let's shelf that for just today, for just today. And let's learn what the Bible says. Let's learn about what the truth says about the Holy Spirit. And so then coming off of last week, I'm, I'm assuming this is a big assumption here. You all, we all know what assume does. I'm assuming that you fully grasp the idea and the understanding that when you genuinely put your faith in Jesus, you've received God's Spirit. It's God's Spirit in you. Call it the Holy Spirit. So when you genuinely put your faith in Jesus, that genuinely means real. That means it's not lip service like we talked last week. I'm all in. You have God's Spirit in you. So the question at the point of your decision in following Jesus, we called it conversion last week, is not if you have the Spirit or not. The question is not if you have it or not. It's have you allowed the Spirit to fill you? Have you allowed God's Spirit to fill you? That is something that takes you going like this. And so... The Spirit of God is the presence of Jesus in each of us. It's who we receive when we pray that prayer of salvation. And so we have all of Him when we welcome Him into our lives at that point. It's the point of our decision. There's a big, there's a big difference between the decision and discipleship like we talked last week. And so when you pray to receive Jesus, you get His Spirit in you. When you pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you get more of Him. You don't get more of Him, sorry. He gets more of you. You do not get more of Him. He gets more of you. That's that prayer. And so the big question is not, um, is not does, does, do I have more of the Holy Spirit? It is, does He have more of me? Does He have all of me? And when you think about this, you have to think, do I, do I submit to that voice, to the voice of God's Spirit in me? Do I trust it? Am I seeking it regularly? Am I seeking it? Do I listen to that voice? Or is the Holy Spirit's voice just one voice in, and, and in competition with tons of other voices in my life? And that's what we got to get to. We want Him to be the voice, not one of many voices. And so we just went really deep, really fast, okay? Remember the Great Commission, Matthew 2019, Go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you till the ends of the world. That's uh, the ends of the world, right? Come here to Acts 1.8. We look at Acts 1.8. This is the key verse of the, the whole book of Acts kind of hinges right here on Acts 1.8. And it says, but you will receive, this is after Jesus has ascended, but you receive uh, power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me. That's what a witness is. It tells people about me, both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I'll be with you till the end. You're going to go and do this until the end, right? And so through the Holy Spirit, believers will be witnesses. This is what you see in Acts 1.8. We will be witnesses. And so then that's that, that hinge point between G and O when we actually start going. And so the Holy Spirit changes everything. The Holy Spirit changes everything. It's the power of God in us. It's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That same power is in us. It resides in every believer. What you see in Acts 1.8 is this is a direct extension. Acts 1.8 is a direct extension of the Great Commission and the greatest commandments that we got from Jesus before He left. So then we will go. And as we go, we're going to go in love. Love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And as you go in love, you're going to do that with my Spirit in you. And you're going to, and you're going to display this towards the human race as witnesses. 
right? And so Acts 1-8, the Great Commission and the Greatest Commandments all kind of come together right there with Acts 1-8. <clears throat> and so then we talk about witnesses. What is a witness? This is one of those words that we've used in church that, that can have several different meanings and can be heavy or light depending on where you come from, where you live. And so a witness is essentially someone who tells what they've seen, what they've experienced. And that's all a witness is. That's all a witness is. So then when it comes to being a witness for Jesus, don't make it more than it is. It's not about having it all figured out. It's not about having this whole book memorized. It's not about making sure that you've dotted all your lowercase j's and crossed all of your t's. It doesn't take that to be a witness. Do not make it more than it is. Being a witness is simply that. You ever gone to a new restaurant? You go to a new restaurant, what happens? First of all, it takes me and Heather years to commit to a new restaurant, okay? It's part of our struggle. Once we do, though, once we do, I mean, we've done some serious homework, more than just Yelp, okay? We've done some serious homework. And once we go to that restaurant, it tends to be really good, okay? I don't, we've not struck out very many times when we do it, but, but it's because we're so intentional. When you go to a new restaurant, what's the first thing you do? Tell people. You just tell them. You tell them how great it was, right? <clears throat> how long do you wait to share the experience you had when you go to the new place? You don't, right? Oh, man, next time you talk to somebody, oh, hey, the other night? Because that's what comes up in those, in those entry-level conversations is, hey, what have you been doing? Oh, we went over here the other night. It was amazing. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you know where the food came from? Did you do that homework? Oh, where they ship this in from? This is amazing. Do you know who, do you know who prepared that food? Do you know what that dude looks like? What that girl is, was there, you know what I'm saying? Do you know? Do you know how they prepared it? Do you know what they seasoned it with? Right? Do you know how they cooked it? How long they cooked it? Who's running this show anyways? Do you know all that? Nah. Why? You don't need to. You're just going to be a witness. You're just going to share. You don't think about all that. You don't have all the answers. You haven't screenshot the menu and done the background work. You haven't done the fact checking and, and you, don't know, you don't know when they were established doesn't even matter, right? Man, the food is really good. You need to go try it. <laughs> That's all it is. That's what we're talking about when we say witness. Witness, it's pretty simple. And so it's not about having the details, it's just sharing what you experience. What'd you, what did you see? What did you experience? And so as followers, we tell what we've seen and we tell what we've heard. And that's good enough. Now, here's the issue. When it comes to making disciples, being disciples, what we've seen and what we've heard will be limited, will be extremely limited if you are empty and unexposed to the Bible, to the message, to the gospel. It's not secondhand information that you're, oh, well, this guy said this. Did you see this TED talk? Did you see this? Did you see this? It's not that. It's not that. Because your witness is, is your proof. And we'll talk about that here in a second. And so then, the reality is if you only do God one hour a week, the witness is going to be weak. If this is the only hour you're going to engage and plug in with God this week, W-E-E-K, then your witness will be W-E-A-K, weak. You won't have much to share about, which means you'll, you'll tend to engage back into the world and all the things that, that are around you, that surround you, that just absolutely suck. Okay? I was talking to Wyatt earlier. When you're in a bind in a pinch late night here, there's nothing to eat, okay? There's nothing to eat. You shouldn't be eating at two in the morning, but what if you have to, right? What if you've been up working and you need a place to eat? Good luck, okay? Good luck, okay? If you have like a, Wyatt's favorite restaurant's Whataburger. If you have a Whataburger where you live, 
Good for you, okay? I'm not a Whataburger fan, but that's for why. All right? And so then here's what discipleship is. Discipleship is faith. It's your faith seeking understanding. What am I saying? I want to know God more. That's what discipleship is. It's faith seeking understanding. Here's the deal. Faith means we do not have physical proof, right? It's Hebrews 12. You know that. And the problem is we don't use faith in any other arena, any other area in our lives. We don't use non-proof for anything. Faith is the one thing that we have to, that we have to base everything on in our faith. And because we can't see it, it provides a stumbling block for us, right? Why? Because we want proof. We want proof. I believe this is why so many people tend to learn and go back to the Old Testament and believe we live in the Old Testament because there's so much solid, concrete proof. Oh, well, he did this and this happened. He did this and this happened. In the New Testament, you don't see that as much. It's the life of Jesus, who we are to be imitators of. Right? We want proof. But the mission of the church is Jesus' mission empowered. So we go back to the New Testament. The mission of the church, the mission of the body, the mission of us gathering online is Jesus' mission empowered by His Spirit. It's by His Spirit that we go. It's by His Spirit that we go. And so if you want proof, the proof is in how you walk. It's your proof. The proof is in how you walk. This is Acts 1.9. Jesus ascends, right? The Holy Spirit comes to all believers. That means the proof is in you. The proof is in you. Before we go all in on the book of Acts, I really want to go back and look at the last 10 to 14 hours of Jesus' life on earth. We're going to pick this up in John 14, and we're going to live between John 14 and John 16 today. We're going to end in John 16, not reading all the chapters. Don't freak out. Okay, but looking at the last 10 to 14 hours before the crucifixion of Jesus, before he is laid to rest in the tomb. And the main content today, if you wanted like the cliff notes or the spoiler alert, the thing that Jesus says in the last... in the last 10 to 14 hours of his life is this. Hey, I've got to go. I've got to go. But don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to send somebody to help you. I've got to go. I can't be here much longer. I have to go. I must go. You need me to go. But don't worry. I'm sending someone. Okay? And what he's saying in these next you know, couple verses we're going to talk about from John 14 to John 16 is he's introducing the Holy Spirit. He's telling us who the Holy Spirit is. And most of the time we look right past it and we go right to the book of Acts and go, wow, that's, that's miraculous, right? Well, we have plenty of context here. And so um, just, just know that, that for us to have the Holy Spirit, Jesus had to go. And so let's look at John 14, 16 through 17. He says, <clears throat> I will ask the Father. I underlined some stuff here for you. So if you're underlining in your Bibles, you can do the same. You highlight whatever. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper. That's Father, Son, Holy Spirit right there together. No big deal. And I'm in the Amplified today, so what is, you say helper, not sure. Holy Spirit, not sure. What is He talking about? The Amplified does it all for us. It leads us nothing to question. Comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby to be with you forever. That means He never leaves, forever. Love the Amplified version. Verse 17, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him because there's no proof, right? But you will know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. That's your proof. That's your proof. And the biggest thing you need to see in these two verses is the Bible never refers to the Holy Spirit as an it or a thing. We tend to disconnect ourselves from the Spirit because we don't recognize him as a person. Okay? 
The Holy Spirit is not some force from Star Wars that we're... Okay? That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. He is God. And we tend to describe Him as the pronoun it or treat Him as a thing as opposed to a who. And reality is, is you find the Holy Spirit from the book of Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation. He's there the whole time. He is there the whole time. And what you need to walk away believing today is the Holy Spirit is a person. If you're taking notes, this is huge. If you don't see him as a person, you won't develop a personal relationship with him. If I don't see the Holy Spirit as a person, I will not, I will not develop a personal relationship with him. The Holy Spirit's a person. Because you develop personal relationships with people, not with things. Okay? We can love our things, okay? But you develop personal relationship with people. It's very important that you grasp the Holy Spirit as a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You see this in the commission, you see it in the baptisms, you see it in the Godhead. Three in one. He is three in one. Three persons in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God's Spirit. You need God's Spirit. If you believe you have God's Spirit. John 14. Let's go to 25 and 26. It says, I've told you these things while I am still with you. So he's just let us know, hey, but I'm sending you a helper. It's all good. I'm telling you these things while I'm still with you. Why? One, he's physically present. Okay. He's there to stay in person. So they have nothing. They have no other choice to believe. Why? It's proof. It's proof. He's physically present with them. I'm telling you these things why I am still with you. 26. But, big but here, the helper, helper. Comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, will teach you all things. Teach you all things. And he will help you remember everything I've told you. Two big things there. Who's going to teach you all things? The Holy Spirit, right? No, no, no. I got the dictionary. I got Google for that. No, you don't, okay? That's all going to hell in a handbasket if I'm just being honest with you, okay? There's one thing you can rely on, one thing you can trust. It's the Holy Bible. It is the truth. It is unchanging. It's universal. It applies to your life. He's going to teach you all things. There's no book for that. He's going to teach you through the Bible. The only thing, right? The only book. Hopefully you're following with me. And so then, how? Because when I open it, he brings revelation. He's going to teach me. That's why it's, it's not the same today as it's going to be tomorrow. How God's going to speak to me is going to be through His Word. There's other ways, but this is the main way. One. Two, He's going to help you remember all things. What does that mean? That means He's going to bring back to remembrance the things that you need to remember. That doesn't mean you need to walk around for 20 minutes going, Now what was that? How come I can't remember? Father God, I misplaced my wallet. Please help me remember where I last left it. Right? Holy Spirit, help me out here. This is nothing. When the Holy Spirit reminds you, this is the Bible. You can't take credit for it. You will, and you do, and so do I, okay? I'm guilty too. But what you need to see is He teaches you all things. He brings all things to your remembrance. This is incredible. The Holy Spirit is incredible. And so let's fast forward one chapter. When you go to John 15, 26. John 15, 26. It says, but when the Helper, who's that again? Comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. Man, God's so good to give us the helper. 
comes, whom I will send to you in the name, send to you from the Father. That is the Spirit of Truth, who comes from the Father. He will testify and bear witness about me. We saying he's going to confirm your belief. He's going to confirm your belief with your engagement in going. Right, discipleship is wanting to grow in your relationship with Christ. He's going to confirm your belief. You're going to have proof. You're going to have your proof. The Holy Spirit brings you your proof. Now we're going to go all the way to John 16, 7. John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth. Now listen. Jesus is the truth. He's here in the flesh. He's talking right now. And so when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, this is like that moment when your boss calls or your wife or your husband says, hey, you might want to sit down for this. Okay? Has anybody... Does it ever get any better when you sit down? No, it doesn't. No. Hey, are you, hey, are you sitting down? Yeah. I got something to tell you. You might want to sit down for this. No. That's what Jesus is saying, but I tell you the truth. What he's saying is, <laughs> what I'm about to tell you is going to be hard for you to understand. Okay? What I'm about to tell you, this might be a little tough. Okay? It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you, to be in close fellowship with you. Jesus again is saying here, only if I go, only if I go can I send him to you. Now, you need to earmark that. We're going to come back and we're going to go deep dive into verses 8 through 11. But I want to fast forward to verse 12. 12 and 13. He says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear to hear them right now. Why is he saying this? I have many more things to tell you, but you can't, you can't handle them right now. You can't handle the truth, right? It's Jack Nixon. You want the truth? The reality is he's saying, don't mind why I just throw the deuce up right there, okay? <laughs> what he's saying is, you, you're going to hear me, but you're not listening. You're not listening. And right here, what Jesus is saying is, is I could tell you this in person. And you could store it in your forehead, but I really need this to be revealed to you. I really need this to come from the Holy Spirit. What else I have to say to you? I really need this to come from what, what was just promised to you, that the Holy Spirit teaches you all things, and He reminds you of all things. He's going to reveal it to you. This is going to be supernatural. So I have some more stuff I can tell you. I want to tell you, but I can't because you're going to store it. You're going to file 13 that in your forehead, and I need it to make its way into your heart. Okay? And so then... He says, but when the spirit of truth comes, you know, really putting a stamp on this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth, all truth. Anything you see right now that's not truth is not from God, okay? God's not the author of confusion. If you're confused, if you're lost, if you're depressed, if you're all those things, not from God. Why? Right here. He will guide you in all truth truth full and complete truth for he will not speak on his own initiative but he will speak whatever he hears from the father he will speak whatever he hears from the father the message regarding the son and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future through this scripture through john 16 13 what you see is we now understand and know 100 percent that the holy spirit speaks it's don't speak. He speaks. Why? Because Jesus said he will speak. 
He will speak what he hears and he will tell us what is to come. And so through these scriptures that we've just laid out from John 14 to John 16, we see the Holy Spirit is a helper. And he's not just a helper, he's your helper. He's your helper. It's who he is. Who's the Holy Spirit? We just laid it all out. Now, through the last several scriptures, we've, we've talked about helper. We've said helper four times. You only find the word helper in the Bible five times. So four of them have been right here. Four of them have been right here. And here we go. This, I think this is the fifth time I've got to, got to do this. The word helper originates from the Greek word parakletos. Parakletos. And in English, we just say paraclete because we're English and that's what we do. Okay? And so para in the Greek means alongside. Para, alongside. And kletos means to come. And so what Jesus is telling the disciples is, I'm going to send someone to come alongside you and help you. Okay? So Holy Spirit translates to all the things that the Amplified Bible includes in every description. Comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. That's what it says. That's who he is. That's who he is. The old King James Version of the Bible just refers to him as comforter. As comforter. And this is really funny because when we think about having the comforter and not using him, it's like those decorative pillows that you have on your bed. You know, if you're married and your wife does this, you know what I'm talking about. We get 68 pillows, we put them on the bed. We're only going to use two of them, but we have these 68 in there. They're all stacked. And, and I just want to salute Heather because we've got rid of those pillows a long time ago, mainly in case our kids fall off the bed. Okay, so they surround the bed now on the floor and they're not on the bed. And so you have these decorative pillows. When me and Heather first got married, she had this like duvet cover or whatever, and she would put over the bed. And it's nice. I loved it. But if I ever laid on that thing, get off that. We don't lay on that. You don't use that. You want to take a nap on that thing and pull half it over, pull half it over to take a nap? Absolutely not. Why? It's decorative. That's just for looks. That's just for looks. We don't use that. We don't use that. So the question is this, how many of you believers, how many of you believers right now have a comforter that you're not using? How many of you have a comforter that's just for looks, just when you need it? Oh, there's my Bible believer and friends. Hi, how are you? Oh, great. So good. Glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's so good to see you today. Yeah, mm -mm -mm. How many of us have that comforter that's just for looks? That's just for looks. Hear this today. The Holy Spirit is not for looks or convenience. He is for use. He is for use. God gives him to you. Jesus sent him to you. This is it. He wants to empower you. He wants to enable you to live the life and the promises of God. Not the crap of the world. You look to the... You can... <laughs> You can want one hand, right? And look to the world in the other and you can see which one fills up first, right? And so then, the Holy Spirit wants this for you. He doesn't want anything from you. This is nothing you have to give up. This is something you have to receive. He's a helper. He's a helper. And so then the next question comes to this. How many of you don't need any help? Don't need any help. I got that. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm good. No, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Don't need any help. How's that going for you? Dang. 
Let's look at John 16. We're going to go back to verse 8 now. In John 16, you see what the helper does. We've identified who the helper is. Lots of context for this series right now. We've identified who the helper is. Now we want to identify what he does. How does the Holy Spirit help me? How does he help us? How does he help you? Because as a whole, I believe we've misunderstood the Holy Spirit. This is God's Spirit in you. Yet, depending on when you grew up or how you grew up or, or what denomination, some people don't even believe in God's Spirit. They, they just believe two of the three. Well, meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad, but that doesn't work here. Okay? We need, we need, all, we need complete three out of three. Okay? And so I believe it's like this because uh, the Holy Spirit has a poor reputation because we've taught Him wrong, we've showed Him wrong, or we've pretended, we've pretended to know Him. And make him something that he's not. And so John 16, 8, it says this. It says, and he, lots of he's here. And he, when he comes, will convict the world about the guilt of sin, the need for a savior. And about righteousness and about judgment. And about judgment. Three things. The Holy Spirit's going to convict the world of three things. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. Stay with me. The Holy Spirit is not a herder. He is a helper. He's a helper. These three have been taught and told wrong. I'm going to fix it. Okay. Why? Because God's revealed this to me. The only reason I can sit here and do this is because this has changed my life. Okay. So then we tend to get these three and take these three very, very negatively, but they're not. The next three verses in John are going to explain them very clearly. Super, super clearly. So then let's look at the first one, 16.9. This is about sin and the nature of it because they do not believe in me and my message. Who's they? The world. He will bring conviction to the hearts of people is what you need to know. This is it. I'm going to convict them about sin and the nature of it because they do not believe in me or my message, the gospel. What he's saying is he's going to bring conviction to the hearts of people because they, not do, they do not believe in him, the gospel. They do not believe in the truth. They do not believe in the truth. There's going to be conviction in people's hearts for that. Right? The Holy Spirit convicts you of sin because if you don't understand and believe that you're a sinner... You'll never believe that you need a Savior. Hashtag, I don't need no help, right? I don't need any help. Good. I don't need any help. That's essentially saying, I don't need a Savior. Got it. Got it. Sign in my yard to prove it, okay? That's terrible proof, by the way, okay? The Holy Spirit convicts you of sin because you, you must, you must understand. There has to be clarity. Where does that clarity come from? The Holy Spirit. That, I, that, that nobody's perfect. It's Romans 3.23. Because nobody's perfect, I know I'm a sinner, even though I hate that word. And if I'll just believe that I need a Savior, that I do need help, man, life's going to get really good. That's the conviction, the first conviction. And so most people believe that, ah, ah, I'm a sinner. No, right? And so they don't pray to receive salvation until they believe they need it. And for some people, that comes on their deathbed in the hospital. The Holy Spirit convicts us that we need a Savior. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. You need a Savior. I need a Savior. We all need a Savior. It's that simple. A lot of people think the only way they're going to get saved is if they come to church. The only way I'm going to find that Savior is if I go to church, right? And so they take the conviction of the Spirit and they make it condemnation of self. We turn it inward and it becomes all about us, okay? I take it personal. I get offended. I condemn myself. Not convicted. It's a big difference between conviction and condemnation. And because I take what the Spirit convicts me of and I turn it and I take it as myself and condemn myself, 
that means those people who do that, they won't come within 150 yards of the church, right? The reality is the conviction of the Holy Spirit never leaves, so they stay distanced. More distance. Ah, man, still got to get away. Keep going, right? And so they just try to numb that conviction, right? They try to justify what they're doing. They try to forget how they feel. They run from it. They turn to alcohol. They turn to porn. They turn to any and everything else but just responding to the conviction that I need a Savior, that I need help. I need a helper. That's it. And what you need to know today is the Spirit does not condemn you. I could go through, there was verses, I had to cut them. Spirit does not condemn you. There's a big difference between conviction and condemnation. Condemnation comes from people. It's evil. It's evil. And most of the time it starts in our own hearts. And when it does, it disconnects us from the Holy Spirit. It disconnects us with the Spirit. Which means we're influenced again by the world and not by the Spirit that's in us. Which makes us kind of go back to this, I'm sick of this can't stand this, right? I don't even know why I came to this church. That's not, that's not God, okay? He could never forgive me. Who? I? You're laying out claims, justification, excuses, reasons, reasons not to. When the reality is the Holy Spirit saying, you need a Savior. You need a Savior. Let's look at the, the, the difference between the two. Condemnation is the expression of very strong disapproval. It's the action of condemning someone to punishment or sentencing. That's what condemnation is. Now, here's what's funny, is in the dictionary, we go to conviction, we go to number one, which is the definition of condemnation. Look at the second, conviction. A firmly held belief, the quality of showing that you are firmly convinced of what you believe or say. The quality of showing that's proof. That's proof. The quality of showing is proof. And so then, condemnation or conviction are all a matter of your perspective. And the only one who's going to reveal the right one is the Holy Spirit. Is you being willing to say, I need help. I need help. So then today, how are you listening? How are you looking? Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Let's wrap this thing up. That conviction doesn't always happen in church, by the way, right? You can't expect that, that the stars are going to align, that this is the day, now that you've, you're going to put your church clothes on and go to church, that the conviction's going to happen the day that you go. That conviction's been there. Going to church is just an action step from the conviction that's already there. So then you could do it in your house. You can pray to receive salvation in your house. Matter of fact, Heather got saved in the front seat of her dad's truck with her dad on the way back from the dump. When the conviction is there and the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need help, and you receive, this is why we teach our kids so early, because, man, the more we get out here in the world, the worse off we get, the older we get. By the way, believing that you can only be saved in church is like believing the only time you'll die is when you visit the funeral home. Super convenient. Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. John 16, 9 is what makes the commission so important. Because without it, without that conviction of the Holy Spirit, we can't, we can't go. Because what we see in the go, in all the go into all the world is not go and bring them into every church. It's go into all the world. And so the Holy Spirit equips you. 
to be everything you need to be to help people become followers. So you can be who he called you to be so people can become followers. It's the difference between being and becoming, right? And he's the one who convicts people of their sin, not you. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts people of their sin, not you. Judge not lest ye be judged, right? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. That's hardcore stuff right there. Why? Because once you become, conviction is not your job. Once you become a follower, conviction is not your job. Once you become, you've already made the decision, so conversion is not your job. And we're talking about leading others, right? Once you become, you are now going, right? And we all move at a different pace. We all have a different route. We all end up at the same place, though. Once you, once you become, your only responsibility is conversation. It's be the proof. Be the proof. The only way you have conversation with people, though, is through relationship. And the only way you gain relationship is by being real. Or we can just continue to talk about the restaurants we visited and how our kids played great in sports and have a good weekend. Or we can get real and actually start being who God's called us to be. And so... The only way that you can be authentically who you were created to be is by having the Holy Spirit in you because it is through Him that you shine a light for all men. It's nothing you do. Do you know how many pages of the Bible I read today? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We shine a light because the Holy Spirit's in us. It's nothing that we do. It's the Holy Spirit through you. It's God's Spirit through you. Let me take you back. If you, if you remember your salvation experience, I remember this very well. I can tell you the exact seat and row, aisle, how far I ran, how many chairs. I can tell you all that, okay? If you remember your salvation experience, the moment that you prayed the prayer to receive Jesus, you remember the conviction that we're trying to talk about that John 16, 9 is saying, right? You had that conviction in your heart. You knew that you knew that you knew that you knew this is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what that conviction is. Anything other than that, it's condemnation. It's not it. Why? Because 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, no one, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Except by the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit's job to lead us to Jesus. You can write that down. It's the Holy Spirit's job to lead us to Jesus. Now, if you ignore that, that's on you. This is why conviction is not negative. It's that tapping. Hey, you know, this sure could be a lot easier if you just receive my help. He's going to convict the world of sin so that people will believe in Jesus. And he needs proof. He needs examples walking the streets, not sitting on their couches. Romans 10.9. You might be at a place right now where you'd say, I get it. I get it. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you will be saved. So if today, if today you know that you know that you know that you know in your heart that you need a helper, that you need Jesus, pray this prayer with me. And Jesus is going to do what only he can do. His Spirit's going to come into your heart. And it's going to be amazing. We're going to put this up full screen. Just pray with me and be bold. Father God, I believe you created me. I believe you sent Jesus for me. Thank you for sending your only son to pay for my sin. Jesus, I confess that you are Lord. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I receive the sacrifice and gift of your life. Come into my heart. Renew my life. 
Help me to become more like you. Lord, thank you for bringing me back into the family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer and you meant it, and you meant it, it was authentic. This is what we talked about earlier. If it was authentic, you just, something very, very special just happened. God's Spirit just came into your life, renewed you. There are action steps to take. I want to help you with those. My contact information is on the bottom of the screen. It's very simple. This is top secret. You don't have to tell anybody. Email me, text, call, let me know. I'm going to send you a Bible and a book, and I'm going to send you a notebook, and I'm going to help you take the next steps in your relationship with God so you can get off of G now and get through O. Now, let's look at the second way the Holy Spirit helps you. This is the second way the Holy Spirit helps you. This is John 16:10, about righteousness. He convicts us about righteousness. What's that? Personal integrity and godly character. Because I'm going to the Father and you will no longer see me. In this, righteousness means right standing with God. He convicts you of your right standing with God. You won't see me anymore because I'm going to the Father, right? I'm going to be working on your behalf is what I'm saying. I'm putting these two together. For you, I must go so you can have him. Jesus says you can't have a relationship with the Holy God because you're sinful. He knew that. So what did he do? He said, I'm going to take all your sin forever. That just happened. If you just prayed that prayer and meant it, he just took all of your sin forever. And then he says, and because you're that way, and because you need to be restored, I, I'm going to restore you to my Father so you can have a relationship with him from now on. You guys are back, you guys are back on speaking terms. You're back on speaking terms. And what I want you to see is the Holy Spirit wants to convict us and keep us in right standing with God. It's to keep us in right standing with God. The Holy Spirit wants you to know and to believe that now that you believe in Jesus, you're in right standing with God. God sees you right. No more condemnation. You're in right standing. So the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin so that we'll believe. So that once we believe, we can know without a shadow of a doubt, believe in our hearts that we are in right standing with God. Now let's look at verse 11. Number three. And I'll convict about judgment. Bring conviction about judgment, which is the certainty of it. Because the ruler of this world, Satan, has been judged and condemned. Man, I hope you guys just lighten your Bibles up right now. The ruler of the, time, of, of the world at this time was Satan. It was evil. Here's how we know that. There's a couple references for you. John 12, 31 says, Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. John 14, 30 of the Amplified Version says, I will not speak with you much longer, for the ruler of the world, Satan, is coming, and he has no claim on me, no power over me, nor anything he can use against me. What's he telling his disciples here? Satan is about to be dethroned. He's about to lose his seat. Okay, He will no longer rule this world. He's reminding them that all power and authority is his, Jesus's. That Jesus will take dominion back over the world. Now, once Jesus ascends, he sends the Holy Spirit. Now we have that power and that authority. He says, Satan has power no more. No more. So now that we've identified the three truths about how the, how the Holy Spirit helps us, we know who he is. We know what he does to help us or how he helps us, right? Let's talk about how we get this wrong. This is how this has been misinterpreted, and we are, we're wrapping up, okay? How do we misinterpret this? If you remember John 16, 9 through 11, it says he convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And here's what we hear in that in our 2021 minds. I'm a sinner. 
okay? I'm not living right. I'm going to hell. That's what those three things, that's how we interpret them. You're a sinner. You're not living right. God's going to get you. God just, lightning might just strike right now. Part of that's because it's been taught to us like that. Part of that's just because we, that's how we interpret it. We think that John 69 through 11 says, I'm a sinner, okay? Righteous, I'm not living right. Oh, you know all the bad things I've done, right? Judgment, going to hell. And that's not what it means. It's not even close to what it means. If you have notes, write this down. The biggest point of the day is this. John 16, 9 through 11. The Holy Spirit will convict you that you need a Savior, right? That you are righteous and that you have power. That's it. He's going to, to convict you of your need for a Savior. Once you accept that Savior, He's going to convict you that you are now in right standing with God. And now that you're in right standing with God, He's going to convict you that Satan has no more power or authority over you. This is where the scripture comes in, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why? Because now you have the power and authority to resist. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He's going to convict you of those three things. What is conviction again? Because I, I still feel condemnation. A firmly held belief, the quality of showing that you firmly, that you are firmly convinced of what you believe or say. It's proof, it's your proof. Right? This is what the Holy Spirit does for us. This is who He is. This is how He convicts us. This is why He is our helper. This is why He's our helper. I've got two graphics I'm going to give you, then I'm going to dismiss you. These are going to be full screen graphics, and these are commentary that were written kind of old world. And so I've just, there's so much scripture to back this up. I'm not going to do it for time. But here's, here's the first, and this is essentially talking about who He is and what He does. Who is the Holy Spirit and what does He do? It says this, is the Holy Spirit intercedes through us on earth. He intercedes through us on earth. Shine a light for all men to see. The Holy Spirit calls and qualifies ministers for their work. It is the Holy Spirit who makes them overseers of the church. He hears, speaks, teaches, and guides us into all truth. He glorifies Christ, receives from Christ, shows us Christ and brings all of Christ's words to our remembrance. It is better for us that Jesus left so the Holy Spirit could come. Two, the Holy Spirit shows us things to come, knows the things of God, searches all things and reveals all things. Where he is, there is freedom. The writers of the Bible spoke as they were moved by him. We are warned not to grieve him, the Holy Spirit, or to quench him or to diminish him. These sins against him are unpardonable because sin against him is against the only one who can reveal the Son to us. He's also the only one who reveals truth and brings things to your remembrance. So sin against him is not good. Now, unless a man is born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We are convicted by him, born again by him, led by him, filled with him, and sealed by him. This is who he is. This is what he does. Here's your action step for today. You're going to ask one simple question. God, what are you saying to me today through this message? 
Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today through this message? Many of you know it right now. You know it right now. That's the Holy Spirit. You know it right now. Why? Because the one thing to be seen, take a note, go back and remember, is this is not just the evidence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. He exists and He wants to move in your life so you can live the promises of God. We shouldn't look at the Holy Spirit as evidence. Well, that happened over there. That must have been God, right? We don't look at Him as evidence. We see Him as a benefit. He is a benefit to us. Because we have the Holy Spirit, we have power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power to witness. Why? Because, because of the Holy Spirit, we have love. This goes back and connects to the commission and the, and the greatest commandments, right? We have love. You see it in 1 Corinthians 13. Love, love. It talks about it in depth. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, it's talking about gifts. But Paul says in 13, if you don't have love, None of your gifts matter. None of what you do matters if you don't have love. We must walk in love first. That comes with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so then, two things. Because of the Holy Spirit, we have fruit. You can see Him in my life. I call that proof. Two, because of the Holy Spirit, we have gifts. Each of us, you, walk uniquely gifted every single day. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefine Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.